Live from the Juge Plus, the Ocho Studios, it's the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. This is Stephen A. Scum. That we are all in. Wow, that was a very fun new intro, Scum, and I loved it. Well, thank Hello, you. everybody. It is I, Sneak Guy. Once again, the Scum and Sneak Show coming at you hot and heavy, getting ready for the season. Sneak, we're coming up on July, which means we're coming up on August, which means we're coming up on the season, like you said. So yes, I'm getting excited, you know, eight weeks or so until we're really in the thick of things. And I feel like the, the NFL season starts a little bit earlier this year, which is fun. And I'm excited to watch that first game with you, uh, Bucks Cowboys. Right? Is that premiere Thursday night? Yep. I was gonna, I was gonna be really, really excited. But now that I'm kind of <laughs> I don't know what my team's gonna look like. But all in all, it doesn't matter. Thursday night football, number one game of the season, always gonna be fun. You still got Dak, so there's still something to watch. But. Yeah, we've got a good episode for you guys today. I'm kind of excited, but before we get into that, we would normally put tea time in here, but we have technical difficulties with Tyler. The tea time machine is is out of commission at the moment, so we're bringing it back old school. We're giving you a nonsense minute, just like old times, and we're going to see how disappointed you are that there's no Tyler this week, but we soldier forth. We got to. So we got to do bring it back old school from the very beginning. So, Sneak, you recently took a pretty long road trip about what, 20 hours driving? Yeah, 20, about 20 hours, close to 1200 miles or so. So I want to know what is the furthest you've ever been from home, from Las Vegas? What's the like most far away place you've ever vacationed, gone to, laid over? And it might be this trip for you, but. What what is that place? Uh, well, I've been to I've been to Toronto. Is that pretty far? Toronto seems pretty far. I don't know where. I don't know anything about Canada. Uh, probably maybe somewhere. I don't know. Well, like this one's pretty far. I've been to New. I've been to like Florida, New York, which probably those are know, farther. Yeah, farther. So something like that. I'd say. What about you? I I have been to New York City as well. So that's probably the farthest I've been in the United States, but. I've been to the Philippines. I've what? got family there. Been there multiple times. That's a like 18 hour flight. Oh my god. It's nuts. A whole you're, all, day. you're all messed up, sleeping. Like usually there's a stopover, but it's like after 16 of those hours. And then you've got a couple smaller flights. But I I always liked it just because I could just catch up on like four, five movies. Not sleep, be all weird, eat a bunch of weird food, but that's the farthest I've been. And I don't know if I'll ever do anything like that ever again. Honestly, not a fan. Jeez, that sounds intense, man. It's a slog for sure. But then I guess I done a couple layover, layovers in Japan too. So there's a little bit of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm world traveled people. I know. That's why you don't like traveling anymore. Because you're like, ah, I've been to Japan, Philippines, all over the world. I'm done. Done. The, uh, the one that I would take, would consider taking at least, is going to uh, New Zealand. Seems like a fun place. And you got 
got some good sights to see there. That's it for our nonsense revisit. Now on to the episode, and we're we're doing another another kind of throwback here, Sneak. If if everyone recalls, episode eight last year, our our eighth overall episode Ooh. was the eight list of eight when we were young and full of life, just fresh faced, attacking this thing with some vigor, some gusto. Don't worry, guys, we don't have that anymore. I know that one of the complaints for that episode was that it was too long because we both did our top eights in the different eight categories. So don't worry. This year, we're only doing eight lists. We've done four each, but they're going to be surprises to each other. We haven't talked about it, really. We don't know what the other one's going to do. So we'll just hear their top eight. We'll get a reaction. And we're still, you know, giving you guys the content you want, you need, you love. Just a little shorter so you don't have to sit through. I think it was, I think that episode pushed like two hours. So, yeah, that's what we do. We listen, we learned, we've adapted, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different. But, geez, yeah, that, I remember that was, a, that was a wild one. So, I, I'm pretty excited for this, Sneak. We are a fantasy football show, obviously, a dynasty fantasy football show about the league that we are all in. But I know for me personally, I didn't do too much football. What about you? Did you, I think you leaned a little more towards that, right? Yeah, I went. Uh, I I went three heavy football and then one fun weird one. So we're gonna have a good balance, people. You know, we're excited about the season. We talked about kind of that timeline, but we're not there yet. We've got some time to just mess around a little bit. A classic scum and sneak mess around. So without further ado, sneak, I say we get into it, and I'm anxiously awaiting your first list all right we'll just go ahead and start with my number one here my first list is the eight best players under the age of 24 oh i love that one especially with a dynasty focus so young bucks let's let's hear it all right i'm going to start with number eight now this is my i found these guys I'm sure there's more guys under 24, and then I ranked them from one to eight. So we're going to start with number eight, and I go with Jerry Judy. Oh, my guy. Your guy made the top eight. You know, I didn't really have the greatest of rookie seasons. I think he's going to be coming back a little bit stronger this year. And then if they ever get that quarterback situation hammered out and he figures out those drops and, uh, you know, playing a little better on his side then you know he might shoot up that list a little bit but we got judy old jerry jude's coming in at number eight seven we got deandre swift mm. i am a big fan of his but that lines backfield is just one of those pits of confusion and i don't know exactly if this guy's ever going to turn into the every down back but still very good uh you know lots of hype lots of potential so we got swift coming in at number seven number six the beast from tennessee aj brown Ooh, gosh aj brown is so good and he's like weirdly unassumingly good i feel like when you watch him he just kind of like glides across the field and when he gets the ball in open space you're like oh but then he just burns everybody. Like he's got sneaky speed. 
And obviously just a physical specimen, just an out there routing on corners all day long. So we got AJ Brown at number six, going to be a stud for a very long time already uh, after two years, just crushing it. Number five, your boy, the Herber Meister, Justin, Justin Herbert. There he is. Too low, honestly. Too low. Like just exceeded all expectations his rookie year. Loved watching him play. The guy can just sling it. He's got a beautiful ball. It just comes out nice and silky smooth. And I love watching him play. And uh, if he can just get better every year and every offseason, he's going to just be the next greatest quarterback in the NFL for 20 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number four, we got J.K. Dobbins. Oh. couple. Brandon's got a lot of players on this list because he's got – a lot of young, really good players, but he can never seem to put it together to win. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins at number four. You got to assume that he's going to be taking over all duties in that Ravens backfield this year. I'm a huge Dobbins guy, was at in college, and he just looks so explosive when he does get his opportunity. And if they can turn him into an every down back to the 300 carry type guy, he's going to just be paying massive dividends, being really, really good. I like him. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Number three. Here we go. Big DK. DK Metcalf. I mean, we, what is there to even say about DK? The guy is just an absolute stud. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, it's DK. Like it's, he's already planted himself as probably a top 10 receiver in the whole league. So can't go wrong with him. Uh, still young, still just learning and growing. And just like with the AJ Brown, just sky's the limit. The league is theirs. Number two is CD. Oh, got to, right? Oh, I, he's so cool. So fun. You know, he's going to get amazing opportunity in that Cowboys offense with Dak in the uh, behind center, just, I don't know what to really expect out of CD. Cause I mean, last year with all the troubles at quarterback, he still had a phenomenal year could easily, easily get, you know, thousand, 1200 yards, double digit touchdowns every single year. Ah, I just, he's just one of those players that you just get extremely excited about and that you want on your team. You want to watch because you just never know when he's going to break one or if he's just going to get 10 catches a game or what. Like, the guy is just going to be amazing, and I'm excited about that. Wish yeah. I got him. Wade, yeah. let's make a deal. I think we could see a lot of that this year for sure, but I, I doubt Wade is giving him up for, for anything. <laughs> I'm anxious to see who your number one is here. I'm, I'm excited. My number one, my top player under the age of 24, Antonia. I knew it. <laughs> Antonia Gibson, baby. I am just in love with this man. The guy is so good, so good, so fun, so cool. I saw some stat I think we were talking about like a week or two ago or whatever. He gained positive yards on like 98% of his yeah, runs. Yeah. Like, and that's what I always feel about Elliot, especially in his first couple of years. Um, he like never lost yards. He always got positive yards. And that's something 
that I think you should always keep in the back of your mind when you're looking at running backs is what can they do even behind like, a, you know, makeshift offensive line, you know, no lead blockers, you know, what the scheme is looking like. Is it, is it just single back, you know, whatever it may be, is that running back able to make it work on their own, even when stuff breaks down. And that stat alone shows me that Antonia is just going to be an absolute monster for a long time. And, you know, last year as a rookie, he was splitting time and got the, you know, who was the, who's their passing back from last year? JD McKissick. Yeah. Like, like a journeyman coming out of nowhere, taking up a bunch of work from him. Like I can only imagine that that's going to either, even if it stays exactly the same, Antonio is still going to be excellent. But I would imagine that as he becomes better pass protection, even better in the passing game, that he's going to just continue to get more and more work. And the guy's just a young stud. That Washington offensive line's sneaky good. And that division isn't even that good. So, like, he's going to always have opportunities to have games where, like Thanksgiving last year, he scored, like, what did he just had, like, like four three, touchdowns or yeah, something. Yeah, three or like four touchdowns. So, my number one, Antonio Gibbs. That's my top eight players under the age of 24. That's a good stat for dynasty wise. Uh, you know, something that you need to, I feel like when you're in a dynasty league or the league that we're in, always keeping your eye and the pulse on the age of guys, how they're progressing through their first couple seasons to determine if it's someone that you should cut bait or if you should hold on to see what kind of value is there. Uh, you know, players in the, you know, you know, you got Antonia, you got Herb. Dang, Matt's got three players on this list and Brandon's got three players on this list. Wow. So I, I really like that list. First question I have for you. Well, actually, can you run it down again? One through eight for us. All right. So we're going to start at the top one, Antonio Gibson, two, CD Lamb, three, DK Metcalf, four, JK Dobbins, five, Justin Herb, six, AJ Brown, seven, DeAndre Swift, and number eight, Jerry Judy. It's a, it's a strong list of guys too. If I'm tracking with you, which I mean, obviously I think I am, this is kind of a mixture of, of fantasy of real life NFL contributing of like coolness, right? It's just kind of a top eight general sneak likes these guys, right? Not, yeah, not like I obviously said, I went through and I looked at a bunch of players that are in that 24 and under range. And then I tried to find the eight that I not only did I like, for myself, what I think fantasy wise, potential, just cool factors, all that kind of stuff. Right. Cause it's like, for example, Jerry Judy probably wouldn't make most people's lists based off of where he finished last year. He didn't, like you said, he didn't have a good rookie season, but we're talking potential down the line, talent, all that. Like I'm totally on board. And eight's a tough number because, yeah, you listed a lot of good guys, but there's some notable omissions, which some people probably would have on there. But I mean, who are you cutting off of your list? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the tough call. Like you didn't even mention one rookie coming in this year. So no, no Trevor Lawrence, no Justin Fields, yeah, no, no um uh Jamar Chase, like all those guys didn't make the cut for you, which which makes sense because we're talking about guys who have produced at the NFL level already. We know that they can do it, but uh I'm looking at it like I love Justin Herbert as your number one young quarterback, but 
that means no Lamar on your list, no Joe Burrow, which again, I agree with, but some people might quibble with. And then I think leaving off guys like Jonathan Taylor and, and Justin Jefferson are, are pretty big. I probably would have had them on, but again, who am I cutting off of your list is the question. So honestly, yeah, great- I, see what you're, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, there's tons, there's tons of amazing talent in that age, in that age range. And maybe you could make a case of cutting out uh, some of these players if you know you make your own list. But again, this is my list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good start of the of our list. I love that one. Because you just think about so much, right? You think about their situation, you think about their potential, their fun factor. Like you said, I think one of the big things for Antonia, besides him being really, really good, is he's super fun to watch. You know, that's going to like bump him up. It would bump him up on my list too, did on yours. So Ugh. I'm just blown away, honestly. Uh, that's a tough one to follow. So I don't know what to do here, but I will try. My first list, are you ready? I'm ready. My first list is the top eight busts for fantasy of the 2020 season. 2021 season, sorry. All right, all right. I love this. Hit them with some heat. So this is going to be a little bit of just like where they're being drafted. I, I think some of these guys are good, but they shouldn't be drafted this high based off of sleepers, ADP, average draft position. But some are just guys that I'm like, they're just busts in general. So one of those guys is my first one. Number eight, start from the bottom. I just don't believe in this guy at all. He was drafted in the second round of this last draft. So he's a rookie coming in to what should be a good offense, but also a lot of competition. No surprise here. My first bust is 2-2 Atwell. I just hate him. (laughs) I just... I don't see it, someone being that small. And again, he's going to have to try and beat out Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Obviously not going to happen. So he's already down the pecking order there. Um, I would also say Cam Akers and Tyler Higby on the Rams are going to have more targets than him. So then he's up against Van Jefferson. He's up against their other rookie, Jacob Harris. And I just have more belief that those guys can – can handle the NFL game and will be bigger contributors. Tutu might have the occasional punt return touchdown or something, but uh, just a big bust, a waste of a second rounder, in my opinion. And I'm going on the record with that one. Stay yeah, away. That, you definitely made it clear your feelings on him. And I like that you're just sticking to it and kicking him down the line. Number seven, another rookie. And this guy, I, I don't necessarily hate, but I feel like where he's being drafted in the rookie ranks is a little high. That's Michael Carter, who is the fourth running back off the board right now, and usually like a first rounder. Hmm. It is a weak running back class. So, you know, after the first three, you can kind of throw in whoever there. So I guess Michael Carter is a fine option. But on a Jets team that probably won't be that good, that won't score a lot, and where he has some competition, it's not great. There's no one clearly entrenched there, but they have a lot of guys. And also with the coaching influence of Kyle Shanahan offense, I would expect that they just cycle through a lot of those running backs. You see a lot of Tevin Coleman. You see a lot of LaMichael P. Ryan. You see Michael Carter, but then they have Ty Johnson. Um, 
there's just a lot of guys that they're going to run through, I think. So whoever drafts Michael Carter, especially if it's high, you know, mid to late first, I just think that'll be a disappointment. I think there's a better ways to get production this year and down the road. Cause I don't think Michael Carter also is, is a long-term solution at running back for any team. He'll be a complimentary back. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Complimentary, but like you said, maybe not worth that first round pick because there could be some heavy disappointment there. Nice. Number six, currently being drafted again, sleeper ADP at tight end eight, Mike Gesicki. Not a fan of Mike Gesicki. Sorry, Brandon, you don't have a tight end, but I'm also just down on that Dolphins offense as a whole. Tua, I believe, can be a good NFL quarterback, but I don't think he'll ever be the guy that runs a high-octane offense. So with all the other weapons that they have in Miami, they just signed Will Fuller. They drafted Jalen Waddell. It's going to be a small pie to share already, and it's not going to be – anything major for Mike Kosicki. So yes, the tight end landscape sucks. It's ugly. It's terrible. But rather than kind of wasting a, a pick, you know, in a redraft or count, counting on Mike Kosicki to be a top 10, he's got as much potential to, to finish that high as some new draft way later, like Irv Smith, even though he's got a lot of hype or, Jared Cook, who's old, but is going to be on the Chargers and is in a better offense, better quarterback. So I just think you're reaching for the, really the best potential at tight end eight for Mike Kosicki. Yeah, can't agree more. I'm definitely not a Kosicki guy. So figure it out, Brandon. Surprise, surprise. Number five is another tight end that I think is being drafted too high. Noah Fant. He's currently tight end seven uh, in ADP. And again, I do not want to rely on Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater to support multiple receivers, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and then another tight end that is a high producer. I just don't think it's feasible. Noah Fan has also been hurt a lot in his career, just missed some games. Um, he does have flashes, but again, why reach for someone that has just as much potential to help your team as a late round guy or someone you can get cheaper. So kind of lump those two together, but no fan was a little higher in ADP. So he gets the higher bust ranking. Yeah. You like you said, Fant had some flashes last year and just uh, a lot of people think he's got the potential to become something, but I'm with you on that one. Busted. Number four, we're going back to the dolphins. Sorry, Doug, but it's Jalen Waddle. I believe in him as a talent long-term, but currently where he's being drafted as wide receiver 31, I don't think that that's useful at all. I don't think he'll be a wide receiver three. I don't think he'll be a reliable flex this year. Again, long-term, draft him high in your rookie leagues, but this year Jalen Waddles is just going to have, you know, probably two or three pretty nice games with a couple of touchdowns, maybe some long bombs, but they also – might come in the same game. You never know. He's also coming off of an injury. So this year, wide receiver 31, way too high. You're not going to rely on him as, again, that third receiver option, fourth receiver option even. So big bust, at least for 2021. 
Yeah, I was a big Waddle guy coming into the draft, but then I think there's been reports he's still got that foot issue. And, like, yeah, a, a future prospect, but someone that's going to produce right away, probably not. Number three, a guy that is still going pretty high, but I just have no faith in, Josh Jacobs. Ooh, nice. Big name. I like Big that. Big name. Currently running back 18, so lower than what he's been drafted at in previous years. Also where he's finished, to his credit. Um, he has been a top 12 at least guy, I'm pretty sure, each year of his career and, and a little higher. But one, I just think that that Raiders offense is really just going to look stale this year. It's not going to work well. And he's going to be sharing time with Kenyon Drake. I still think Josh Jacobs will be the leader of that backfield, but Drake's going to going to eat into that work for sure, both in passing and rushing. They gave him a pretty big deal, so they're going to use him. They'll probably also split goal line work. Neither one of them is like a for sure, you know, we're on the one yard line. They're going to get us that yard back. So it's just going to be more opportunities for Josh Jacobs, but I don't think he'll really outperform Kenny Drake that much. So at 18, I think that that's too high. You're going to have better RB2 options that are more consistent and probably finish better than Jacobs anyway. Yeah, I like that you're coming out there with a big name that people he's, – he's, I feel like he's kind of had a disappointing career, and, and yeah, there's going to be some work cut out of that going into this year. So be wary. Number two, this one hurts me because I like this player. We talked about him. I agree with where you have him in your – top eight under 24 list but jk dobbins this year i think is going to be a bust for people when they draft him at rb 13 so right at that rb1 range right at that turn and i just don't think he'll get the work this year they re-signed gus edwards uh, they're going to use him he's super good too and lamar's just going to rush too much for them to you know have have the ceiling for jk dobbins that that we want Yes, he can take every every carry to the house. He can rush for like six yards of carry. Um, I would not be surprised if I'm wrong here and he has like double-digit touchdowns, but I would not bet on that and take him as like my RB1 or use him at pick, what, third round-ish. Uh, it's a little high, and I think for redrafts, you're going to want to stay away from him at the price that he's currently going at. Hmm. Might have to disagree with you on that one. I'd I think he's going to be very, very good. I could see a world where he doesn't lead the team in carries. That's my problem. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but probably not. <laughs> and number one, again, I've, I've tried to hate on this guy for a couple of years now. He's proven me wrong, but I still think he's going too high. Terry McLaurin is my number one bust of 2021 based on where he's being drafted at wide receiver 14. So again, oh man, we hate McClar. Which is which is weird because I don't actually like hate him, but I'm like, he's not as good as people say or where they draft him. He's finished his best finish I checked in his career was um wide receiver 20 last year. And that's where I see him. He's like he could finish at 20, 18, like he'll be up in there, but when you're drafting him at 14, that's like right there under that tier of like the top guys, like you're one. Yeah. 
I don't think you should be comfortable with him as your one. As your two, he's probably fine. He'll get you some good games, but I think there's a lot of hype with Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team and being like this big boon for Terry McLaurin. But I think, and I guess we'll talk about this at another time too, I'm really high on Curtis Samuel this year. And Curtis Samuel outscored Terry McLaurin last year too. And Curtis Samuel was on a team with Robbie Henderson and DJ Moore. Now he's coming in, reuniting with Ron Rivera. He's going to get all kinds of touches and all kinds of targets. And I wouldn't be surprised if Curtis Samuel outscores Terry McLaurin again this year, which is why I think that McLaurin's going way too high in ADP and is going to be a bust. He's good. He's a good player, but you're not going to be happy with him as like your guy number one. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I'd say McLaurin's going to be a bust, but I definitely am not a Curtis Samuel fan. So if he's going to be, a, if McLaurin will be a bust, then I guess that's going to be a reason for it. So it's just remains to be seen. Yeah, and again, this list of busts was a lot, a lot of it was just like where they're going in a redraft ADP. Yeah, yeah. And depending on your site too, like Yahoo's ADP is going to be different than Sleepers. I just use Sleeper because it was available. So I don't think there are going to be nothings like, I would like to have Terry McLaurin and J.K. Dobbins on my team, but just not at where they're potentially going to be in the draft. Yeah. There's other guys that I think are going to be way bigger busts as far as like people think they're good and they're going to be nothing. We'll go over those guys later. But this list was just like, be careful if you see this guy in like second or third round, fourth round, like might not be happy there. So again, Yeah, I like – I like how you kind of focused it on how the ADPs work. So, yeah, be wary on where you're look, where you're seeing people drafted, thinking, "Oh, well, but this he could very well not be worth that." And you would have then look back and be like, "Well, I could have just waited and gotten this guy." And I think that's a a really good way to look at that list. Exactly. So I'll recap it again, just just because 2021 busts. Number one, Terry McLaurin. Number two, J.K. Dobbins. Sad to say. Number three, Josh Jacobs. Four, Jalen Waddle. Five, Noah Fant. Six, Mike Kosicki. Seven, Michael Carter. And eight, Tutu Atwell. And Tutu is just a bust in, in every definition of the word. All Tutu. <laughs> Watch, he's just going to become the next, like, Tyreek Hill and shut me up. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Next list for me is... Let's see, what do I want to do here? We're going to go with the eight players, the top eight players, or just eight players, I guess, who will not score eight touchdowns in 2021. Oh, I love this. And so this and is nice. in no particular order. These are just players that I looked into and, uh, you know, making proclamations, making, you know, the guesstimations whatever you want to say that they will not score eight touchdowns in 2021, which really isn't that many. I mean, when you, but also when you look at it, a lot of players aren't scoring a lot of touchdowns that you think should or do. So yeah. it's kind of, it was an interesting exercise for me to go through. I like this. Cause it's also, like you said, there's eight's not that high of a threshold, but we do get an extra game this year. So okay. should, yeah, we, I didn't even think about that. It'd be easier for people to score eight, but also, I'm going to assume that a lot of these guys are like, if you ask someone on the street, like, will this person score eight touchdowns? They'd be like, yeah, probably. But you're saying, no, they will not. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way of putting it. So 
like I said, no particular order. Number one guy I'm going to say will not score eight touchdowns this year is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I love him. I just – I really do. I love him. I think he's really good. He's, like, never hurt, always plays well. But last year only scored six touchdowns. Uh, You know, his rookie year he had 15 touchdowns. But – I just feel like with the way that offense is trending, that Elliott will be good, probably get a lot of yards, get a lot of work, but eight touchdowns will not happen. Oh, that's a big one. Number two player who will not score eight touchdowns in 2021 will be Nick Chubb. Oh, now he scored 12 last year, which was amazing. A thousand yards and was split in time with Kareem Hunt. But I'm just, he's in a, he's in a little, I don't know if he's in a contract, thing he's been talking about wanting to get his extension done and wanting to stay in Cleveland uh but Nick Chubb will not score eight touchdowns this year he's not big in the passing game and I think that Brown's whole offense uh might start shifting a little bit away from the running backs so Chubb will not get eight end zone plunges no sir and Chubb is always like good for long break runs. Like he's had longer runs in his career. So not a lot of his touchdowns come from like the goal line area. So if that's going to start to flip, maybe we might see something, but no, he's not getting it. Now I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I think I'm probably the, the biggest fan of Nick Chubb besides Brandon who oh, like paid a bunch for him. Do nothing but I, I think Nick Chubb is super good. He scored 12 last year, like you said, but that was in, he missed what, three or four games. So I would, I would bet on him getting eight, but maybe, maybe not. Also side note, I'm going to lose it. If Pebbles keeps going. (laughs) Okay, please proceed. All right. Next player who will not score eight touchdowns in 2021 is Travis Kelsey. Hey, 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 hey. I don't have any stats looked up right now, and I'm not going to dive into it, but the guy is just a touchdown monster machine. But this is the year he starts to break down. He starts to lose that edge and will not score eight touchdowns in 2021. Pebbles! (coughs) All right, Travis Kelsey. Yep, definitely not going to do it. He's getting close to being retired and old and that offense will start to move away from him and you're going to be sad. Uh, first in the history of the Scum and Sneak show with two in a row disagreements. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new record. It's Mahomes, a Mahomes is throwing for 55 touchdowns this year, uh, obviously. And so about a fifth of those go to Kelsey. So he's, he's in the books for 11 easily no questions just just move on the list 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 is suspect next <laughs> so this next one is pretty funny uh, who will not score eight touchdowns in 2021 all of hesse's running backs combined. <laughs> <laughs> oh what is it david johnson david montgomery kareem hunt whoever else they all will, and whoever his team even looks like at the start of the season, Hesse will not get eight total touchdowns from all of his running backs. We're back on board with that one. Guys who are all going to either get replaced midway through or just on bad offenses. So 
<laughs> totally on you with that one. Between whoever he has, not getting eight touchdowns, easy call. Oh, <laughs> that was a funny one for me. Um, all right, where are we at now? Oh, Devontae Adams. Oh, what did he have like 15 touchdowns last year? Like some insane number. I think he had like 18 last year. Golly. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there, so that's going to just absolutely yeah. destroy his value in all ways, shape, and form. And Devontae Adams doesn't score eight touchdowns this year, and he probably ends up leaving the Packers in some way, shape, or form as well. So, yeah. There you very, have it. very back on board with that one, too. Are, did we just decide that as a, as a show, as a Scum and Sneak show, that Aaron Rodgers is not playing this year? Is that our official stance? That is our official stance. Book it. At least, at least that's what I'm saying. Like the guy. No, I agree. Ugh. Especially now he wore that shirt. Uh, did you see that on his um, press thing for the golf, the golf match? Uh, the shirt said, I'm offended. And it was like right after the GM writer came out and said that uh, Rogers was like a peculiar guy or something. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. So he's uh, it's a public feud. Rodgers is not happy, and I, I don't think he's going to play for the Packers at least. Huh? I'll send you the shirt. Oh man! All right, where are we at? Oh <laughs> man, I'm all about the Packers right now. Aaron Jones. Oh. Aaron Jones will not score eight touchdowns this year. You're all in trouble, Aaron Jones people out there. Just uh, not gonna, not gonna happen. That's not me anymore. So I'm fine with that. And yeah, so if if Jordan Love is the quarterback, which we are proclaiming it's going to be, you might even say the Packers might not score eight touchdowns this year. So I like those two picks: Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, back to back, back to back. Um, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> this one, this one is only because. I'm at the South Dakota Buffalo house <laughs> and he had like a crazy weird only touchdown season last year. Robert Tunyon. Three Packers in a row. Let's go. Three pack. This is all because Rogers will not be on green Bay this season. He will not be on the Packers. He's done. So all of the offense in green Bay will just is basically going to become worthless. Yep. So I'm putting that, I'm putting that out there, putting that warning out there. Y'all better just, Recognize. Robert Tunyon. He scored like 10, 11 touchdowns last year. Something stupid. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my last one is Tyreek Hill. And I got two Chiefs on here. What am I? (laughs) I'm just going after all the the major offenses, just saying, yep, you guys are going to suck this year. What do you know about Mahomes? What what are you saying? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, Terry Hill's always been a pretty – he's been a pretty (laughs) high – I didn't realize until – look. I'm like, wait a second, I got three Packers, I got two Chiefs, like I'm just going after offenses that like – and I'm going to be eating my words, I have a feeling, man. (laughs) No, that's fun though. I mean, like you could easily – oh, DeAndre Swift's not going to score any touchdowns because the line said, okay, that's that's too easy for you. I like these calls. Well, like, like half of them, the ones that don't affect me. Run it, run it through again. Your top eight that will not score eight touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott. 
Nick Chubb, Travis Kelsey, all of Hesse Jesse's <laughs> running backs, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan, Tyreek Hill. Hmm. Some big names on there, so be wary, folks. Actually, I got one for you. It's a it's a quick one. So it's a little fun one. But we've got the top eight two-time winners of the LV Dynasty League. Say that again. So we've got the top eight people who have won the LV Dynasty League twice. Wow. Okay. So number eight, Matt, South Dakota Buffalo, obviously. Give him his due. Number seven, Julian, our most recent two-time winner. Mm -hmm. Number six, Juge. Number five, Caramel Thunder. Number four, Houdini. Number three, Bilbo Swaggins. It's also me. Number two, Asian Stud Muffin three. Ooh. And number one, Scum. So those are our top eight two-time winners of the LV Dynasty League. In order, Scum, Asian Stud Muffin three, Bilbo Swaggins, Houdini, Caramel Thunder, Juge, Julian, and Matt. Rounding us out. Amazing. Congratulations what? to all of those guys. <laughs> Oh, man, that's good stuff. All right, we'll take a break here, uh, hitting the halfway point of our eight list of eight, and we'll, we'll throw it over to a new sponsor. This week's episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by water. You know, water. Ever heard of it? The stuff that covers, from what some sources say, 70% of the earth? Well, water wants you to know that you should be drinking it. It's hot out there. Hashtag scummer. We want you to stay hydrated. We want you to be healthy. And we just want you to make sure that you get your thirst quenched. Again, this episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by water and by the hashtags scummer and hashtag she ain't passing boards. You hear me? She ain't passing boards. And we're back. Four lists down, Sneak. So far, we have gone over the top eight players under 24, or 24 and under. The top eight busts of the 2021 season. The top eight players who will not score eight touchdowns in 2021, and the top eight two-time winners of the LV Dynasty League. Pretty good so far, if you ask me. Yeah, that's a good. Those are some good lists. I think our viewers are going to appreciate them, and if they don't, they better. Harshnik, start us off on the back half. What do you got for us? All right. Well. I am going to just keep the football and I'm going to keep my fun, weird list just for the end here. But so let me see if I can explain this one to you and all of our viewers. <clears throat> so I took the eight best players from 2020 in regards to their position. So I've got I've got the top two quarterbacks, the top two running backs, the top two receivers and the top two tight ends. So eight players total. 
fantasy stat wise how they finished in 2020 okay <laughs> and then i took those players and then i figured out their ages when they were when those players were eight years old who were the top eight players or the top two players from those positions in those years am i explaining this right yeah, so we got the top play, pl- the top players of the top eight from 2020 when they were eight. Yeah, so, yep, that's basically it. So I, you'll get the gist when I start explaining who these are. So the number one fantasy quarterback of last year was Josh Allen. Yes. When Josh Allen was eight years old in 2004 – Peyton Manning was the number one quarterback that year with 4,500 yards and 49 touchdowns. What a year from Peyton, 2004. Yeah. And then the, so, and then going down the list here, our number two quarterback, our, our top, our number two quarterback of 2020 stats was Aaron Rodgers. When Rodgers was eight in 1992, (laughs) And the top quarterback from 1992 was Steve Young. He threw for 3,400 yards, 25 touchdowns, and then additionally ran for four rushing touchdowns with 500 yards. Nice. (laughs) This was a fun experiment to do, trying to figure this all out. And going back in time, I like that. So we've got Peyton Manning in 04, major year. I'm sure that's one of his MVP years, right? It had to be. Had to be. And then Steve Young in 92. I haven't heard Steve, Steve Young's name in a long time, but I love it. Yeah. Freaking Steve Young, man. All right. So the number one running back last year in 2020 was Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. When he, he was eight years old in 2003. Jeez. When Priest Holmes was the number hey. one running back that year. 1,400 yards, 27 touchdowns with an additional 690 receiving yards. Just a monster year. 27 touchdowns, you said? That 27. Was, that was the record breaker at the time, right, then? I think so, yeah. LT was number two that year, but he only had like 13 touchdowns or something. Yeah. Something ridiculously low. <laughs> and then, so, But he banked them all like the next year when he broke the record. Yeah. The top second top running back of 2020 was Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. When Dalvin was eight in 2004, Sean Alexander was the number one running back that year. Ran for almost 1,700 yards, 1696, 16 touchdowns, and added four more receiving touchdowns. Man, Sean Alexander was so good for like two years, and then just nothing. Uh, no, that yeah, exactly. All right, <clears throat> the number one receiver last year was Devonte Adams. When he was eight in two thousand one, Marvin Harrison was the top receiver that year with fifteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns on one hundred and nine catches. Nice year for Marvin. Now get this. The number two receiver last year was Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. He was eight in 2002 when Marvin Harrison was the top receiver again 
with 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns on 143 catches. Gosh. So that was Arthur the Harrison just had it that those yeah. 2001, 2002, just monster years. Can you All imagine right. we weren't playing dynasty back then or I wasn't playing much fancy either back then either uh, to say, but imagine having Marvin Harrison in dynasty at that time. Like you're just crushing it. Yeah. This, this, the, the Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison stack is just like the Mahomes Kelsey stack of now or the Rogers Devante stack of now. So good. All right. Tight ends. Number one tight end last year, Travis Kelsey. We all know. When he was eight in 1998. There we go. Shannon Sharp was the top tight end that year with 768 total yards and 10 touchdowns. Jeez. Not like not a great line other than the 10 touchdowns. Funny thing is, I think the number, I don't know if the number two tight end, but Frank Wycheck had the exact same amount of yards that year. And just what? like 768 and two touchdowns. Right. Yeah. It's so weird, but that kind of talks what we always talk about tight ends. Like if you really look into it, like a tight end has just never been deep. It's always been, there's been like one or two top guys and then the rest are all the same. Yeah. <laughs> weird. All right. And my last one is Darren Waller was the number two tight end last year. He was eight years old in 2001 when Tony Gonzalez was the top tight end that year for 917 yards and six touchdowns. Still not great. Jeez. I thought Tony Gonzalez was always like, and then, yeah, exactly. You're always like Tony Gonzalez always had great years. And then I look back on his career and he does, he always has like consistent years, but never like, like a lot of it, all of his Atlanta years, he never got a thousand yards. Really? That's right. So, but anyway, so that's my list. <clears throat> Let's see if I can explain this a little better. Eight players from 2020 when they were eight, who who were the eight best players in fantasy football those years? <laughs> I don't even know how to explain what I did here. I love it. So basically, you it. take the top two producers from each major position when they were eight years old, who were the top producers in those positions? How about that? Love it. Perfect. Right. Makes sense. <laughs> Two takeaways from that list. One, how young are the players in the NFL right now? Geez, like you were eight in 2003, 2004, like that range. Yeah. Makes me feel real old. And two, did we just start playing fantasy in like the glory days of the tight ends when you had like Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Dallas Clark, were they actually like all good or do we just think they were? back then and i mean i think they were all good in their own ways and it was we it was everything was viewed differently because we probably weren't so super duper heavy in the fantasy stuff but yeah there's always going to be like i don't know what you call them like decades where it's like yeah tony gonzalez dallas clark gates and now you got kelsey waller you got kittle that you had the Ertz. Ertz had his time you know it's like just yeah the tight end position historically has just always been weird and then you've always had tight ends like way back like you could bring up like a frank wycheck like two touchdowns 700 yards on the titans then you could go back to people like way back in the 90s like the brett Favre years in green bay where they had like mark chamura who's like back in those days like tight ends just weren't offensive yeah they weren't players really you know they're basically blockers 
Yeah. And now right. you get people like Kelsey and Waller that are like just out there. Just yeah, they're just receivers. That. Yeah. Algie Crumpler really changed the game, I would say, then. Oh, freaking Algeron. Freaking <laughs> love that guy. <laughs> I like that list because it was like, let's review last year's guys, but then throw it back to all these old, like Marvin Harrison. Man, he was good when you say this. So narrative. good. You forget. But like you just, not to digress too much here, real quick. Those like Colts teams you got Peyton, you got Harrison, then you had Reggie Wayne, and then you had. Edrin James, and then yeah. there was like a couple. There was a season there with Joseph Adai was really good, and then you had like you mentioned Dallas Clark, and then they brought in players like Pierre Garcon and Austin Collie and just whatever. Like they've just and Peyton just made everybody amazing. Yeah, like there was just literally like a dozen offensive players in those years where they were just you had to if you you had to have them. But then you see like, well, Austin Collie had like injury stuff, but he here he's not with Peyton anymore, and. He's nothing. Pierre Garçon had like, I think one good year with in Washington and otherwise like nothing. Right. Like it really was Peyton driving that whole thing. Man, super fun. Okay. Another hard list for me to follow because uh, I don't have anything that good or that well researched. So we'll stick to football, but we're going to do my top eight movie football players. So, Players from football movies. Top eight. All right. Number eight from uh, Jerry Maguire. We got Rod Tidwell, old Cuba Gooden Jr. One of the original, you know, prototype receivers. Loud, brash, and getting that big money contract. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, you know, at the end of the movie, he, like, catches a touchdown and they go to the playoffs. So he produces as well. Very good. Very good. Starting that off strong. Number seven, Forrest Gump. Walked on at Alabama. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at. Really? Kick return, touchdown, kick return, touchdown. You don't remember that part of the movie? Or do you not watch it that much? I mean, I've probably only seen it once and definitely don't remember that. Forrest Gump walked on at Alabama, was a kick returner, and would just dust everyone for touchdowns. What the heck? So number seven, Forrest Gump. Was Forrest Gump at all a true story? Uh... I hope so, but I don't think so. That would be just even more amazing. <laughs> Number eight from Remember the Titans, Big Julius at defensive end, All-American. And I just got to put I gotta put a couple of defenders on here, even though we don't like defense that much on our show. Shout out to Gary Bertier, but I didn't, I didn't add him to the list. But you kind of put them together. Man, that's awesome. That's so good. Number five from the new version of the longest yard at running back Nelly. I don't remember his name in the movie, but just Nelly. Real shifty, LaShawn McCoy type back. Got to put him on the list. Freaking Nelly getting getting some run. What was it? He didn't wear shoes. That was his thing. That's why he was so good at running back. Really? Yep. Man, I'm just, I need to rewatch these. I don't even remember any of this stuff. You gotta watch these football movies. This one you'll know for sure, though. Number four, Sunshine, quarterback oh, yeah. from Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. The original Trevor Lawrence. The original Trevor Lawrence. It's funny. Just a great passer, tough rusher, uh, led the way on that, on that game winning run at the end, blocking. Oh, just, just a great quarterback, great leader. Great leader on and off the field. 
Number three, at linebacker, Bobby Boucher. Oh, yeah, for sure. Got to get him in the top three. Hard-hitting. Two Adam Sandler movies on my list, actually. Who knows? Number two, Jamie Foxx, Willie Beeman, the prototypical dual-threat quarterback, stepped up. Super cool, more than anything, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Is that who's in that? Is that Al Pacino? Yep. Yeah. And then number one, the three down running back skill set. Would have gone pro, would have demolished it, but had a bad injury. Still got to put him at number one, though. Booby Miles from Friday Night Lights. Big boobs? Yep. Big boobs is he would have been the guy that went 101 in our rookie draft coming out. He's just that running back. So good. But got hurt, unfortunately. But he's my top player. So running down again, the top eight movie football players. One, Booby Miles. Two, Willie Beeman. Three, Bobby Boucher. Four, Sunshine. Five, Nelly from The Longest Yard. Six, Julius. Seven, Forrest Gump. And eight, Rod Tidwell. Mm. Making me want to watch all these football movies. Am I missing anyone that you would put on from, from any other football movie? Mm. I guess not. Should I have put right? What about The Rock? Is he in a football movie? He is He is in a football movie. He's like a Disney football movie or something, right? I think he's the coach, though. No, isn't he like a... He's like a fancy player, and then he finds out he's got like a daughter. Oh, there's that one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw that on... TV like a couple weeks ago or something. <laughs> he doesn't make the cut. Oh man, freaking rock man! He was actually a football player, wasn't he? Yeah, played in Miami. Oh man, that's a good list. That's fun making me making me and hopefully all the listeners here wanting to go and watch all these football movies again. Yeah, you got to scout them too while you're watching to make sure I'm right. Well, that is what six total lists. We've each got one more. One more to go each. All right. So my last list is not football related. Uh, something that I've been thinking about recently. And I'm just going to go. I don't know if we've done this before. And if we had, then I'll switch it up. Top eight cereals. Mm. Have we done anything like this before? Eight cereals? I don't think so. All right, man. I just love cereal. And I just don't eat it anymore because... You get a box of that fun cereal in the house and it just doesn't last. Not at all. You're just like, oh, I just ate a whole box of Lucky Charms and now I'm fat and gross and I got to go poop. All right. Top eight cereals. I'm going to start with number one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's number hmm. one. You start from the top? top? Starting from the top. Okay. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is my number one cereal. Delicious. Can eat it all the time and I want some now. Matt? Give me some cereal. <laughs> Matt, bring it. Matt, where's the cereal? Number two, this is going to be super controversial, and maybe a lot of people don't even freaking know what this is, but Grape Nuts. Okay. With Cool Whip. Oh. Got to throw a little dollop of Cool Whip on that, get it all, get your Grape Nuts all fun. So you get, so you got milk, Grape Nuts, and Cool Whip. Yep. So you just make your bowl of grape nuts and then you just throw a dollop of Cool Whip on top and then you just take a little, little hunk of Cool Whip, go in there with a spoonful of grape nuts and it is so good. I mean, honestly, like who's going to say no to Cool Whip? Okay. 
I haven't had grape nuts in a long time. Might need to revisit. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Number three, Lucky Charms. Mm. That's like childhood right there. Yep. You said just demolish Lucky Charms. Golly. So good. Uh, number four, Cookie Crisp. Mm-hmm. Got to. I mean, it's just a bowl of little mini cookies in the morning. That's like the most nutritious breakfast any kid could ever have. Yeah, that's why we grew up to be such prime athletes. I mean, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> All right. Number, what is this, five? Yes. Kicks. Ooh, you're a corn guy, huh? Okay. Just a, you know, basic bowl of kicks, but you get to sprinkle a little sugar on that sucker. For sure. <laughs> oh, kid tested, mother approved. <laughs> uh, number six is Apple Jacks. Okay. Kind of like the weird cousin of Fruit Loops. Yeah, yeah. But I always liked Apple Jacks, man. They're just good. And uh, number seven, Honeycombs. And number eight, I was struggling on what my last cereal was going to be, so I threw tricks in here. Freaking Trixies. You can't, can't escape it. I can't escape it. You know, tricks used to have their cereal actually in the shape of, like, the berries. And yeah, stuff. they did. Now uh-huh. they're just all, like, little corn balls. <laughs> all right, anyway, think- that's my top eight uh, cereals. We're working with Cine Toast Crunch, Grape Nuts and Cool Whip, Lucky Charms, Cookie Crisp. Kicks with some sugar on top, Apple Jacks, Honeycombs, and Tricks are for Kids. I feel like this is probably going to be our most controversial list. I hope it just garners a ton of conversation and backlash and everyone just blows up the group chat for a full day talking about all their cereals. Yep, but I'm going to add to the fire here too because uh, this I, I've learned that this is one of my hottest takes because Cinnamon Toast Crunch is very often like people's number one and ranked number one. I hate it. I do not like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Really? Yeah. Why? Like you just, why? I don't, I don't like cinnamon. So like when you say Cinnamon Toast Crunch, when you say Apple Jacks, I'm like, I don't like hmm. either of those things. I think Honeycomb is cinnamony too, but I'm just not a big fan. Like I will dabble in a snickerdoodle. I will. Oh gosh, I love snickerdoodles. I will accept some cinnamon in a pumpkin pie, but otherwise, just take it away from me. Not a big fan. Actually, I'm I'm a hater of cinnamon, to be honest. So, Cinnamon Toast Crunch would not make my top eight, would not make it my top 18, would not make my top 80. I like Honey Nut Cheerios. Ugh, boring. Okay, kicks. You put sugar on top. <laughs> okay, kicks. <laughs> Amazing. Just plain corn balls. <laughs> I like kicks way more than Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I like oh. that, though. Yeah, that's going to be a good one to talk about. Besides, besides number one and whatever Apple Jacks was, not a hater of your list. Big fan of Lucky Charms. Big fan of Cookie Crisp. You know, I would have had Special K on there with the little the little fruit and yogurt bites but that, maybe that's because i'm an old lady who knows yeah i mean i like i like regular special k with sugar on top <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta you're not putting sugar on your plain cereals what are you doing man <laughs> if you're not putting sugar on your frosted flakes what are you doing oh my gosh dude so freaking funny we honestly we could do cereal for a long time because I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if they would make 
my top eight or not if I did it, but you didn't do any of like the, the Cocoa Puffs or Cocoa Krispies, so we're missing no. chocolate cereals. No, I never really ate those growing up. Like I never ate any, I never ate like the Cap'n Crunches or the, oh. yeah, the Pebble, all the Pebbles ones or whatever. I never really got into those, so. Damn, bro. You're throwing me back right now. Peanut butter, Captain Crunch, and Reese's Puffs are like, they're definitely on my list. Dude, I am like a huge, I'm a huge Reese's candy guy. I never have even tried Reese's Puff cereal. You got You're going to crush a box of Reese's Puffs once you try it, for sure. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some. Dang. All right. We got to wrap this up so I can go to the store. All right. My final list is one that's kind of fun too. Nothing to do with football. Just a little bit of throwback, which we've done some already in this episode, but I'm doing my top eight 90s Nickelodeon shows. Oh, dang. That's freak. Oh, dude, these last two lists are going to be very controversial. Oh, good. But yeah, so the 90s is when most of us were coming up, you know, maybe different ages, different periods, but we're going to know these shows for sure. And... I mean, my list is definitively the best, but we'll see what people say. We'll start from the bottom. Number eight. Uh, this one might be a weird one too, but The Secret World of Alex Mack. Nice. And this is only driven by the fact that Alex Mack was one of my first crushes. So, Is that Love the one her. where she turns into the silver goo? Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a good show. Good show. Yeah, she gets like superpowers. Super cool. Number seven. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Classic. Just a Saturday night, like getting scared. One of my recurring nightmares as a kid was one of the stories from that show. So very left a very big impression on me, obviously. Obviously. Number six, all that, the original sketch comedy show. Number five, bouncing off of that, Keenan and Kel. Loved Keenan from all that. Loved the, the orange soda bit in Keenan and Kel. And it was just super funny. And they got a movie, uh, with a good burger. So obviously yeah. the big stars. Oh yeah. Number four, Doug. Just a weird, weird world. I liked a lot. Just a, a guy and his dog and their adventures kids. It made me want to like have a dog and go to ponds. Two things that I never did as a kid. So and go to where? Like a pond. <laughs> Doug funny and Patty Mayonnaise. One of the great couples in, in history, honestly, in history. <laughs> Number three, Rugrats. It's a little bit of mischief going on. Number two, Legends of the Hidden Temple, because I always wanted to be on it. I always wanted to try it. I wanted to go through that, like, broke down temple, try to get those amulet pieces. I, I still, to this day, believe I would have crushed it. And number one, Hey Arnold, one of my favorite shows ever. So good. Hey Arnold. Literally doesn't miss. Ooh, no football head. <laughs> no, <laughs> no episode of Hey Arnold is bad. Awesome. Like, I'm going to have to fit some thought into that and then see what shows that I would have to think about that, that would get on that list. But that's a great, just overall great list. And I don't think you could have ever, you could go wrong. Just those 90s classics are just ingrained in our brains forever. Question to you. Do, did you like all the shows I listed or are you against any of them? Mm. 
No, I don't think I'm against any of them, honestly. I think they were all spot on. I don't know. I don't know if I remember much about all that as some of the other shows, but that would maybe be, might be my only one where I'd be like, eh, I just don't remember much. I'm sure I watched it, but I just don't remember a lot from it, except for Lori Beth Denberg. <laughs> <laughs> Vital information for your everyday life. <laughs> that just popped into my head. What the heck? Oh, perfect. Well, that's it, guys. That's our 2021 version of the top eight lists of eight. And this is like one of my favorite that we do. I love it. This is just a classic scum and sneak bit. We just got our eight lists of eight. So great. So, yeah, thank you, Sneak, for putting putting yours together. Thanks for everyone for listening. And we definitely want to hear your feedback on these. We want to know where you agree but mostly where you disagree because I'm sure that you guys have some complaints about our lists, even though our lists are completely right. But I think we will um, we'll be back soon. We're going to go to a weekly schedule here as we get closer to the season. So again, I'm sure that's good news and exciting news for you all. If you have any requests, any shout outs, let us know, but we just appreciate your support and your listening. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you all. Get prepared for your Scum and Sneak show every week. Coming up here soon as we ramp up to the start of the season and what we're all here for is fantasy football. Sneak, enjoy the rest of your trip and we will see you guys soon. Bye. I do that better. Bye. There we go.